0: Hey mama, welcome back to another episode of The Wholesome Mama Show. Today on the podcast, I'm interviewing my sweet friend, Alicia Carlson. Alicia is a non-diet lifestyle coach and the founder of The Strong Her Way. And we are chatting today all around finding freedom when it comes to food, our relationship with food and our bodies, how we look at food. And I'm so excited to bring this conversation to you. I'm super honest and it's almost like Alicia is coaching me in this episode, so I know you are going to love it too. Alicia works with women using a non-diet approach to food, fitness, and life transformation to help her clients create a healthy and balanced lifestyle without having to diet, without food deprivation or restriction. She teaches women how to radically love themselves, their bodies, and their lives. I know you're going to love Alicia as much as I do. Let's get into today's episode all around food freedom. Welcome to the Wholesome Mama Show. I'm Elise and I'm on a mission to help women break free of feeling stuck in survival mode and enjoy motherhood again, even through the tough seasons. When I became a new mum, I felt lost confused and didn't know my calling beyond motherhood or even if I had one. The last few years have been a journey of finding myself again, becoming well from the inside out and figuring out how to enjoy this time with my little ones. John 1010 says that we are called to a full abundant life and I know that that includes us mothers. Join me here for conversations around living with intention, simplifying our homes, holistic health including quitting the tox how to really walk in faith in today's world, conscious parenting and marriage, and so much more. So mama, if you've been finding life stressful and overwhelming lately, I'm here for you and I'm so glad that you are here too. Let's take a moment, grab a cup of tea or a glass of bubbles, and let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the Wholesome Mama show and I'm very excited to have Alicia here with us. Thank you so much, Alicia, for joining us today.
1: Hi, Elise. Thank you so much for having me.
0: So we are going to really talk about our relationship with food and I'm very excited to get into this topic because I think it's such a needed conversation to have, especially for women. But before we get into that, can you introduce yourself, tell us where you're from and what you do? Yeah. So my name is Alicia
1: Carlson. I actually live in the States. Um, So Alicia and I were just kind of baffled at the the whole time day difference. And we were both just so grateful for things like Calendly that makes scheduling so much easier. Um, But anyway, I am a life and health coach. I specialize in a non-diet approach to food, fitness, and lifestyle transformation. Um, And really the heartbeat of what I do is helping women heal their relationship to food, which we'll be talking about today, um, but exercise as well, their bodies. um, So this could also include their weight, um, but ultimately themselves. So I do believe that so much of the um, consistent dieting, the constant stress and worry over your weight and what your body looks like uh, really does stem from how we think about and feel about ourselves. Um, So I'm super passionate about that. I have two kids, uh, so crazy enough, this fall, they are going to be in one in high school. So I'll have a ninth grader this year. And then my baby is going to be in middle school, so going into sixth grade. So that's um, some kind of fun and crazy things happening. But um, yeah, that's just a little bit about me.
0: Love it, you're further along the motherhood journey than I am, and I love that.
1: Yeah it's crazy we'll be I'm like oh my gosh I'm going to be empty nesting you know in seven years like I'll be 44 so it's kind of fun I'm glad I started a little bit younger I think in the motherhood journey um, but you know everybody kind of goes at their own
0: pace I guess. Yeah I had this just this is complete side note. I had this thought when I was dropping my son at school um, this morning being like I feel like I should still be at school, not bringing my child to school. Like where, how did we get here? Anyway. It is crazy,
1: but yeah, motherhood has definitely been sweet, um, not without its struggles, but I'm so thankful for the journey and really just this year, I think kind of reflecting on some of the cycles and things like that, that have been broken um, through through me, through my husband. And um, so it's just really fun to see that.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. So let's get into talking about food and our relationship with food. Can you explain what food fears are? Because I think, you know, a a lot of us can find ourselves fearing food, whether it's carbs or sugar or alcohol or whatever. They're, you know, like fears. So can you explain what they are and where they come from? Yeah. So,
1: I mean, food fear kind of like you alluded to is just really being afraid of a particular food. And I really see this in two different veins. So the fear can either stem from the food's perceived ability to make us gain weight or cause us to not reach like a weight loss goal or a body physique related goal that we have. Um, The other vein that this really shows up in is around a fear of eating a specific food or eating too much of a kind of food that would then cause disease or cause us to be unhealthy. And then where those those fears oftentimes come from is really the diet industry. So um, the diet industry, the fitness industry, the medical industry, and of course, you know we know that there are certain foods that definitely are going to be a little bit um, more health promoting. However, I think that the fear around particular foods sometimes really crosses a line to where you're sacrificing your mental and emotional health to just avoid these foods, or you're so worried about getting sick, so worried about getting fat, that it ends up having kind of a negative impact on your health anyway.
0: Yeah, just the stress alone in grocery shopping and looking at all the ingredients and which can be stressful if you are, you know, going from not to a 100 of I'm going to eat totally clean or whatever, uh, the stress alone is impacting your health more than mm. probably the little bit of sugar that is in that big piece mm. of food. Yes.
1: Yeah, 100%. And there's a, I think it's considered a non-diagnosed eating disorder at this point, but it's orthorexia, which is a hyper focus around being healthy. And so that's where that clean eating can really kind of spiral out of control for some people um of course not everybody but we do know that there are some people that are maybe naturally a little bit more predisposed to disordered eating patterns eating disorders and things like that
0: so how do we know then if we have a broken relationship with food like is it more than just us going oh i shouldn't have bread today like is there how do we know that actually i have a problem with food
1: Yeah. So I think even just that phrase right there, right. I shouldn't have bread today. If you were my client, I would ask, well, why not? Like, is this a choice that you're consciously making or really what's under underneath of that for you? Um, I am a huge proponent of variety in food, right? So it's like, you know, maybe instead of having like bread and tortilla and a tortilla and pasta all in one day, we might want to kind of spread those different carb sources out. Right. So maybe potatoes or sweet potatoes, um, starchy vegetables. So a lot of the root veggies, maybe some rice, and then maybe some bread or pasta, right? So I definitely do think like having variety is good um, most of the time, right? There are going to be some days or maybe even a few days where for whatever reason, you're eating a lot of bread, a lot of pasta. And I think that that can be okay. And that that can, you know, fit into kind of an overall healthy, balanced lifestyle. Um, So I guess really, like, how do you know if you have kind of this busted or broken relationship with food is to really start to examine your thoughts. You know, in particular, we mentioned the carbs a couple of different times around sugar or desserts or sweet treats and those kinds of foods. Um, Do you find yourself saying things like, I shouldn't eat that? I can't eat that. Um, Oh my gosh, I was so bad today. Like I had, you know, this or I had that. Um, So you just want to look for a lot of thoughts that unfortunately have been very normalized, a lot of phrases that have been, um, you know, just kind of brought into the mainstream as like how we, sh- you know, quote unquote, should be thinking about food. Um, and then also your emotions can be a great indicator. So do you eat something and then find yourself feeling really guilty, feeling really bad? Um, do, you, do you go into about of beating yourself up mentally or emotionally for eating a specific food? Um, Do you tend to kind of want to restrict food or over-exercise to compensate for eating pizza, you know, and ice cream or something like that, you know, all in the same sitting? So, um, you know, you just, those are just some great, I think, places to start.
0: I want to touch on something that you said there, because you talked about feeling guilty. And so I feel like there's, you know, everyone talks about mum guilt and things like that, but I feel like there is food guilt. Like when, when you eat something like, you know, or you even go into the spiral of, well, I'll just, you know, oh, I had something, I had pancakes for breakfast. I don't know. I can't even think right now. I had pancakes <laughs> for breakfast. And now I just am, um, and then you almost wallow in that. So then you just ride off the whole day and then it gets to, supper time and you're eating another bowl of ice cream and then you are just sinking in this guilt Uh, so what's your advice to women because we're really talking to women who are feeling who get guilty and maybe it's from binge eating like that or maybe it's just you know they they sneak a piece of chocolate and they have that guilt over them or even the opposite of they feel guilty being so restrictive can you can you speak to that?
1: Yeah. So I think there's, I mean, there's a couple different mechanisms with those different examples that you gave, right? So for starters, somebody that is feeling guilty for like sneaking a piece of chocolate, if they, if you feel like you're having to eat anything sort of in hiding, or it feels kind of secretive, or it feels like you're doing sort of this bad or kind of sinful thing then that's kind of an indicator that that would be a behavior that we want to look at, right? So it's like, again, it's starting with the thought, what thought do you have about eating chocolate? Like, are you only supposed to eat chocolate sometimes? Are you only supposed to eat chocolate, you know, in the afternoons or after you've burned, you know, two or 300 calories doing a workout or something? So it's like, what are the internal rules that you're living by around that specific food? Um, And I think that that would also kind of speak to sort of that restricted eater, right? Somebody that's like really restricting things. Um, Maybe the guilt for them really comes up when they feel like they've slipped up. So they have all these restrictions, all these food rules in place. And then inevitably when they slip up, when their you know, their willpower caves or whatever, then that guilt kind of comes into place of like, oh my gosh, like I did it again. I messed up um and so really again you just want to look at that and then for the binge eater for the the mom who maybe starts off like eating the pancakes and those were maybe not on whatever plan she's following and so she sees that as kind of a slip up either as a as an excuse or a reason to just kind of keep going i mean in all of those instances you want to just do the next like best thing or the next right thing for you in that moment right Um, you know, so it wouldn't necessarily be like you ate pancakes this morning. So now let's just go ahead and write the whole day off. It's like, okay, I ate the pancakes this morning. Um, You know, if I wasn't planning on eating that, then why did I do that? Like, just get super curious in all of those instances about the behavior, right? We always are wanting to understand ourselves, understand the behavior that we're engaging in. And then that's really going to help us either prepare for the next time or rewire our brains and ultimately rewire that behavior
0: yeah so it's amazing basically in every scenario it comes really the root of it comes back to our emotions
1: and our thoughts and our beliefs about food and our bodies and what we should or shouldn't be doing
0: yeah because I'm I'm so guilty and I know I'm a comfort eater if I'm like emotional and having a heightened day but I but I also have am now very aware of it and go you know what you want that piece of chocolate you have that piece of chocolate and you don't feel guilty bad but then you get on with your day girlfriend Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's
1: the key, right? It starts with awareness. And then I, I call this the behavior triad, right? So it's, we have to have awareness about the behavior that we want to change. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we need to understand like what was kind of the root cause that sort of led to this particular behavior. And then we can, like I said, that third step is moving into preparing, planning for the next time thinking ahead of time, how you want to respond. Right. Mm -hmm. And so for you in that instance of having the chocolate or any time that you feel sort of a need to comfort yourself with food, it's just even having that awareness and being like, Oh, okay. Like something's going on emotionally, but just giving yourself that speed bump moment to pause and be like, okay, do I want, like, I'm having the urge to go get some chocolate is that really how I want to take care of myself in this moment? Mm. And maybe sometimes it's yes, but maybe sometimes it's like, you know what? I know after I eat the chocolate, sometimes I actually feel worse. Mm. So what else could I do to kind of take care of myself and comfort myself in this moment?
0: Yeah, that's really good to have a plan to, okay, well, when that when that emotion comes up next, what what can I do? And even have a plan of, okay, when I'm, feeling guilty about what I've just done. What, what can I do about that? Mm -hmm.
1: And one thing that I think is super important to highlight too, is that a lot of times the guilt comes from us thinking that we did something bad, right. Mm -hmm. Or we ate a bad food. And so I really teach that all food is neutral, meaning that there are no, you know, quote unquote, good foods, no quote unquote, bad foods. It's all just food that's kind of on the spectrum and so when we're looking at chocolate is on the same spectrum as an apple, for example, one choice isn't necessarily like right or wrong or good or bad. They're just different choices. And we get to kind of slow down you know, and decide, okay, how much of the food on you know, more of the sweets and treats and highly processed do I want to allow or do I want to eat? Um, you know, how much not, and then we always just get to kind of make that decision. But I find for lots of people, even just coming to that reality that all food is neutral, I can have chocolate whenever I want to, I could eat as much of it as I want to. For most people, unless of course, you have like a binge disorder, then It kind of takes away sort of that urge or that impulse to, oh my gosh, like I'm going to have a little bit of chocolate. Well, I might as well just eat the whole bar. And then I know I'm going to go into like trying to restrict it again.
0: Mm. Yeah. It's like a roller coaster, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) It definitely
1: can feel that way the highs and the lows and all the twists and turns.
0: Yeah. So, what are a few? So, we've talked about what what food fees are and what a broken relationship with food is so for the mums who are listening going okay that is totally me what are a few things that women can do to really restore their thoughts about food and and different kinds of food you really talked well I think on the whole idea of food is food food is like yes there are and I loved that you said was it health promoting foods? Mm-hmm. I really like really like that terminology um, because good and bad, and particularly with kids and being like, oh no, you can't have that. That's junk food. That's bad food. That's and you really, I don't know. From since being a mum, I'm really aware of how I speak about food to my kids. Sometimes not necessarily to myself. <laughs> <laughs> but what are a few things that women can do to really restore? their thoughts around around food
1: yeah so real quick before I forget this but um if you are like Elise and you're listening and you're like okay yeah I noticed that I'm way more careful about how I speak about food or about weight or you know my kids' bodies or other people's bodies to my kids but not necessarily to myself um, one of the first things I would say is it's oftentimes it is so much easier for us to imagine or like having that conversation in such a more compassionate and kind way to our kids, to our spouse, to somebody that we really love and care about, but we don't use that same kind of communication with ourselves. So it can be easier to imagine that you're talking to your kid, right? So it's like if I were going to be explaining this to my kid right now, or if I was if we were having this conversation. might that conversation go? And then it's just kind of flipping that back around on yourself. So since you already are kind of in the habit of trying to talk differently about food to your kids, just start to notice some of that language that you're using and then start to use that with yourself. Right. So it's like if you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so hungry, Um, mac and cheese sounds really good right now, when that sort of that diet voice kind of comes in and is like, oh no, but that's bad. That's you know, whatever. It's like, okay, how would I have that conversation with my kid? Um, So that's definitely one way that you can start to kind of mend or heal the relationship that you have to food. Um, The other one is I'm a huge fan of journaling. And so I would say just do like a massive brain dump. Um, And, you know, you might maybe start with the food that either you feel the most guilty about eating that you think is like the worst possible food, or maybe it's just food in general, right? It's like, write down all of your thoughts about carbs, about sugar, um, about processed foods, about health foods, and just get all of those thoughts out onto paper, because we want to start to pull some of that stuff into sort of that front part of our brain, that prefrontal cortex, so that we can start to really look at those thoughts, look at those beliefs. And then we can start to examine that and figure out, okay, you know what, I recognize that because I have such a strong belief that Um, eating carbs are bad for me because they're going to make me gain weight or they're going to cause me to not lose weight. What kind of behaviors are like, you know, what are the feelings that sort of come up with those thoughts? And then what are the behaviors that you kind of notice around that particular food for you? Do you do an okay job at kind of restricting them for a while, but then when you let yourself have a little bit, you find it really hard to, to, you know, to stop. Well, that's an indication that maybe that belief about carbs are bad and they're off limits. And I really shouldn't eat that. That's not a particularly helpful thought or belief for you. Right? So it's like, if you want to be able to eat that food in the amount that you want, then we need to change the way that you think and that you feel about it so that you can really start to be in a position of utilizing self-control and self-discipline without it feeling like, deprivation restriction and those kinds of things because often it's those feelings that drive kind of that unwanted and uncontrolled behavior around food
0: yeah wow that's so helpful thank you so much I love how practical that is so do you have any any last tips or encouragement for women um, when it comes to when it comes to food or even their relationship with their body because I think a lot of it a lot of the food and the thoughts around food comes back to their relationship around their body. Would you say that that's the case with most of your clients? Yes, I would say
1: almost 100% it does. Um, I, In fact, I can't even really think of an instance where it doesn't, right? Because so much of our thinking and beliefs about food have been shaped, whether consciously or subconsciously, through messages around dieting and you know, losing weight and your body needs to look a certain way. And that could have been, you know, messages that you received from your family of origin, um, from role models or people in your life to what you're seeing on social media or TV or magazines or things like that. Um, So you could definitely, I would encourage both of those exercises that we went over utilizing for food that you maybe even start with your body, right? So it's like, if you write down your name at the top of a piece of paper, or if you write down, you know, my body or your weight or something like that, what are all of the thoughts and the feelings or emotions that come up for you? And then how do you notice yourself? Like, you know, whatever those thoughts predominantly are, how do you notice treat you treat yourself, whether that's with exercise or food or sleep, or, um, you know, saying yes to maybe too many, things and not really being able to feel like you can say no to certain things and then you know that will oftentimes kind of help sort of clear up and help you understand a lot of your behavior around food
0: wow thank you so much alicia for coming on and sharing that with us i know that so many people i got so much out of it and i know that everyone else listening is going to get so much out of that too so Thank you so much. Can you just share with everyone where they can find you for more um, advice and help and tips and all the things regarding food and body and exercise and everything?
1: Yeah. So if you are listening to this, um, first and foremost, if you feel like this is an area that you're struggling in and you feel like you've tried all the different diets, you've tried doing all of this stuff on your own and you're just not getting anywhere, um, then I would love to invite you to come and work with me. So you can just email alicia at aliciacarlson.com um, or message me on Instagram at alicia carlson underscore to set up a chat. I would love to talk to you about your goals and really see if working with me would be the solution for you. Um, if you are looking for a podcast and you liked what you heard here, then you can check out The Strong Her Way. That's available on all major platforms. Um, And then I would say I'm most active on Instagram at Alicia Carlson underscore, or you can find me on Facebook as well.
0: Amazing. Well, thank you so much. And I'll put all the contact information, everything on the show notes so people can easily find it too. So, but thank you so much, Alicia. This has been such an awesome conversation. Yeah. Thanks so much, Elise. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Wholesome Mama Show. I pray that you're blessed by this conversation. And if you did get something out of today's episode, I would love for you to take a moment, leave a review, subscribe, and even share this episode on your socials. And please don't forget to tag me at Wholesome Mama.